This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Hi, I'm David, a school founder and CEO, a mindfulness teacher, and leadership coach. This is a podcast for paradigm shifters just like you, ready to reignite the flames of passion that drew you into education in the first place. You're ready to live and flow, lead with love, and be the fullest version of the change maker you always dreamed of. Then join me as I break down the mindfulness, leadership, and life teachings that have completely changed my life, while also speaking with guests whose wisdom have inspired new ideas and transformation across the globe. Join me on the journey of becoming a mindful education warrior. Hey, everyone. As always, I'm so excited to be with you. I'm grateful and honored to be with you today. Today, I'm going to speak from my heart and share some personal things. And it's an honor that I've reached this point in my journey to be able to do this with minimal nervousness. (laughs) So as always, let's settle in for a moment and close your eyes if it's safe. Let's put our hands on our heart today. If you can, if you're not driving. If not, you can just kind of focus your energy there. Say thank you to yourself for taking the time to listen, to take care of yourself today in this way. Hopefully this is healing for you and feels good. Let's honor that. Just kind of check in with your body. Listen to any cues you may be getting. Just set the intention that you're going to be in this present moment right now, listening with an open heart. And my intention is that whatever you hear today helps heal you a little bit more or somebody you love or one of your students, that we just start to open up these conversations more. All right. So in my last episode, I talked about really connecting with the authenticity of you and how it's so important that we connect back to that free, playful inner child within us. And I kind of mentioned this analogy of the car, which I always love to use as my own kind of visualization as I'm thinking about my life and where I'm literally where I'm going in the car, right? As an analogy. And I spoke to you how I have... Can, as I've gone through my healing journey, I've seen the different ages of my inner children change seats, right? So when I first started, the eight-year-old was driving the car. 
the adult was in the back seat, the adult David was in the back seat, and then there was the 14-year-old, 18-year-old. So there's these four people in the car, and they kind of were rotating seats throughout my healing journey. And it was so powerful how it happened because I could like feel it in my meditation, like, okay, now the eight-year-old's in the front seat. Okay, that's cool. Like he's not in the front seat anymore because now he's like, let's let's hand the keys to the five-year-old. So without getting too cute with this analogy, it really did help me. And I wanted to share today about some of the more traumatic part of parts of my healing journey. And so I've shared this in my last podcast. When I was eight years old, I was sexually molested by a teenager across the street. And around that time, my parents were going through a really nasty divorce. And my mother uh, was not really available for the children. I have my, my brother's two years older, my sister's six years older. So the three years, three kids, and my sister kind of took over the the mothering for several months. My dad left the house and it was a very, not a good time to put it lightly. So that eight-year-old version of me. So I want to celebrate the fact that I can say this out loud with like minimal heart racing and nervousness, because I think that's a testament to the healing that I've done that I can, like I said, when I said it in my last podcast, it was like, whoa, like it had been released. <laughs> and now I really am committed to saying it out loud as many times as possible to as many people as possible. Because I know that part of my mission on this planet is to help others heal. And so when you really start to dig into this work and do it deeply and really start to unleash and open up the authentic parts of you and lead from your heart and lead with love and find the flow. Like my tagline says, you have, you, you create lasting impact and you start to really understand what your mission is and what your purpose is and what your why is. And so I know that I'm a healer and I know that my journey on the outside, like I've worn different to use the analogy of like wearing different clothes, right? My essence, my soul has always been the same, but I've worn different clothes and different identities and roles and different, I've I've played different characters in the movie throughout my life, right? But the essence has always remained the same. And it's to be a teacher, a healer, a leader, to send love, to share love with the world. And it's just taken me a while to kind of get clear on how I'm doing it um, as a a 47-year-old. But yeah, so what I wanted to share today is that that eight-year-old, so that event, that about six months in my life, it it took me a while to figure out the timing because I had blocked it out. That six months in my life, like Janet had said in her interview was actually affecting my daily life without me being aware of it for 32 years until I was about 40, 32 years. And it was a constant internal struggle between the scared eight-year-old and the expansive version of me. And like I said, I like to think about the expansive inner child and the the scared inner child. And so that's just one duality, right? There's many ways to think about this. And just to be very clear, I'm not a professional psychologist, um, but I have spent a lot of work, a lot of time and energy and work on my own direct experience and working with, like I said, Dr. Shafali Sabari, I did her two-year class, essentially getting a master's degree. And, but I'm not, I'm pretending to be an expert. But anyway, so that eight-year-old on that subject. (laughs) I'm an expert in many others. I'm trying not to self-deprecate, but yeah, I'm not an expert in that necessarily, but 
I haven't studied it and haven't gotten a credential. Regardless, that eight-year-old really felt like he was scared. So then his job, like Janet, like Janet shared with us, you then begin to, your subconscious programming begins to run the show. So I sense danger. The amygdala gets triggered. I go into fight or flight. And that eight-year-old version of me that's scared to death because he just wants to be loved. He wants to be seen and heard and safe. He's scared to death because there's no parents around and he's being abused, right? So that version of me, their job becomes to keep me safe at all costs, at no matter what. So if I start to get excited about maybe doing something that's different or new or jumping off the cliff in the way that it feels, that part of me will contract. And I can actually feel my lower back right now getting a little tight just from talking about it, right? Because it's, because it's just an unconscious, subconscious pattern that happens. So we all have this doesn't have to be a big T trauma. It could just be, like I said, in my last episode, it could just be something about, you know, something in your childhood that made you, that makes you contract because of the way you were raised. And so what we do is we build these coping mechanisms. Like, again, this is a lot of the Janet shared a lot of this. It's amazing. You can get it out of that episode, but just to kind of review, we then create these coping mechanisms to base our life. Right. And so it wasn't until I started doing the deep work with Dr. Shafali that I started realizing that there was some serious trauma that needed to be healed or healing that continues to heal, right? Because healing never ends. And, but what, un, what, why I'm so passionate about mindfulness and why this podcast is called the Mindful Education Warrior is because I actually opened up my heart through a deep, mindfulness and meditation practice. So that's why in my, with my clients and with my work that I do with groups and clients, leaders and teachers and different types of people, I always, depending on where you are in your journey, I, I typically start with like, let's just start with simple present moment awareness. Because when you start to get out of the conditioned mind and you start to open up to the flow of life, you start to see the truth. And then if you're, if you're ready for it, you start to see the truth. And so for me, I started to see that there was some real serious healing that needed to happen. Once I started a daily meditation practice, which I think I've told this before, but it started as five minutes on an app and it was 10 minutes on like a body scan app. Uh, UCLA actually has a great, um, I can't remember the name of it, but if you type UCLA meditation, they have a great center. That's a part of UCLA that has like a guided meditation. I just found that somewhere and I did it for like six months every day. I think it's 10 minutes. I started with like two minutes of silence and, and then we did the meditation, the Shafali group once a week. And it was, and then it turned into an hour a day. And then at some point when I was really sick, it was like two hours a day because I had a lot of free time. And because I knew that I was ready to take back my life. And, and I, once I got really clear on the healing part, then I was able to, once I got clear that I want to take back my life and I started meditating and I started to get into my heart and into the present moment, then I started just seeing things so much more clearly. So I could see that that eight-year-old was really scared. He was really hurt and he needed to be loved and he needed to be seen and he needed to be heard. So I had, I had, I had blocked out the sexual abuse. I had blocked out that. I just, it was like something I didn't want to talk about or think about, right? Cause it was too painful. But as I started to open my heart and meditate and really spend time with people that were also meditating and opening their heart, it's like I could see clearly. And I, then I, that's when I totally learned that I could become my own healer. And I, of course, worked with tons of professionals. I'm not advocating that you don't do that. But 
I did learn that I could, that I am my own healer. So then I started learning the practice of checking in with that scared inner child on a regular basis. By the time I was 14, that 14 year old had become so scared of the world and so unhappy. And there was still some not great childhood stuff going on that I just shut down even more. And, you know, once I left my house at 17, I was then able to find this different version of myself to really push through and to really make things happen. But there was always that energy within me of that eight-year-old that was so scared and so nervous. And my whole body shut down when I had my Bell's palsy scare and in the first year of my 10th school, right? That I've told you about my body shut down and the universe put me on a big timeout and was like, okay, it looks like you're ready to do the healing now. So let's go. <laughs> and it was through the process of that healing that I began to connect with my authenticity and I began to see that I could love myself. And again, this is why at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about self-love, self-compassion, self-care. And I started to really befriend befriend the wounded inner child. And I, and like Janet told us, I started to notice that it was literally affecting every day of my life. So I started doing activities with my coaches and other professionals that I was working with where, you know, you would look at, and I do this now with my clients, you would look at a trigger and you'd say, why did I get triggered or poked by that person? I love how Janet said, like, let's not call it a trigger. Cause that's basically saying that it's somebody else's, somebody else's trigger in you and you're giving away your power and being a victim. But I would ask like, what, why am I triggered right now? And as I did a deconstruction and kind of use these different processes that I teach in my classes and with my clients, I started to see that it was actually almost the root issue was always tied to abandonment and abuse. So whatever the trigger was, it's like, that was something within me that was healing that needed to be healed. And it was always that root, whatever it was, it'd be something as simple as like somebody leaving the school or somebody not responding to a text. And I'd be like, Oh, I feel abandoned. And I would go through. And then I started noticing that. And so what I do now is I have a daily practice with my meditation of checking in with the eight-year-old and the 14-year-old and the 18-year-old that are the, the kind of scared parts of me that just feel like the world was too much and I grew up too fast and it was too scary. And I, it's just, I feel like I, the, I felt like I feel, and I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, those, that part, those parts of me. And so I just check in with them now and I follow the reparenting process and I let them know that adult David is here and that we're okay. And you know, I use the method that Janet shared where you say like, you, you make, you, you talk to your subconscious mind, you, you make sure it understands that this is happening right here, right now. And you're not back as an eight-year-old where people are taking advantage of you. And I started to just, I, I do those daily now. So I sit in meditation and my intuition speaks to me, my heart speaks to me, and it gives me clarity about what my day should look like. I ask, how can I serve today? How can I love today? How can I teach today? And that gives me guidance and direction. And I typically just get the whispers from the heart, right? Intuitively. And I'll usually write down just a few words. And if I notice that my back's getting tight or my shoulders are tight or my head's starting to have a headache, then I always ask, what do you need to the wounded child? And I just ask, what do you need in my meditation? And typically it's, I need to feel safe. Like I'm, I'm scared. Like you're going too fast. Like, I don't think it's good to start this business right away. Like you need to get some more information and wait six months. And I'm like, Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so I, I built a relationship and befriended that part of me. Whether you whether you want to call the inner child or not, some people will just say, you know, the scared version of you. And I've become very friendly with that part of me. And because I've opened my heart to loving myself, when I'm with my clients, I'm seeing a reflection of me. And I can see that what you need is that that eight-year-old, whatever age it is for you, or that scared part of you just needs to be seen, heard, and loved. And the work we did in the inner sangha was so powerful. One of the programs I ran for a couple of years, because we would hold the space and let that person's wounded self be seen in a, in a small group. And then you could just see that whoosh, like it was just like, they'd gain clarity. They'd get, like I said, get back connected to your purpose. And what is really clear to me is it's an inner game. It's an inner game. And you have power over your life. And it starts with your heart and it starts with your inner landscape, how you feel, which, and, and that's why all these things we've been talking about, it's not just another thing you put on this. It's not like, oh, I need to go to the gym. Oh, I need to eat vegetables. Oh, I need to do mindfulness. It's not just another box on your checklist. It is literally a radical commitment to change your life. And I love what another guest you'll meet, Linda Ryden, who teaches, she has been teaching kids for years and she's great stories about teaching mindfulness to kids. And she talks with her kids about how really committing to mindfulness, not just doing it on the side, and but getting to the root to the heart of mindfulness is a radical act of love. And I was like, yes, I love that. So you're asking yourself, am I ready to radically love myself and to face the parts of me that are the most wounded? And you have to be patient and you have to be able to not bring judgment to this journey I said in the last episode, it's really important that you don't judge, like say that eight-year-old held me back for so many years because all that eight-year-old within you needs to feel is safety, love, and to be seen and heard. So if you're pushing away, you're pushing back against that energy. One of my mentors had me look at a, a picture of myself at eight and to berate it, berate the picture. I can't believe you, you are. Da, da, da. And she had me do that because it shows you how you speak to yourself and how you speak to that version of you. So that eight-year-old that's scared and lonely, and terrified, you're berating it when you're judging it. So you have to be really aware of how you're speaking to yourself and how you are thinking about yourself. And the moment you're bringing in judgment, as we know from Renee Brown, all her work around shame, you're going into shame. And shame is a very powerful emotion that will really hold you back, right? And it's just, it's powerful. So you start to recognize, and this is, again, this is why I always start with, let's just start with simple awareness. Because the first step is always bringing in awareness. So you bring awareness to the fact that you speak to yourself in a very harsh way. You bring awareness to the fact that you're scared to death to face the past. I was scared to death. And I remember sitting in my meditation and I kept getting just these whispers in the heart about go to eight, go to eight. Think about what happened when you're eight. Think about what happened when you're eight. And I was like, well, I know something kind of, you know, and eventually I started to see it more and more. And then I did share it with 
the 600 people across the world that I was in this amazing class with and this Bali group and made some really deep connections through that share. It was just so powerful to say it out loud. And I was scared to death when I shared it because <laughs> I had just learned it, really gotten intimate with it myself instead of blocking it out and then shared it with this public group. And like I said, made some really great connections. And so to close today, you know, this is deep. This is warrior work. That's why this is called the mindful education warrior, because we have the privilege and the honor of serving young people and it's the best job in the world. And so my vision, my dream, my goal is that we are the best version of ourselves. So we're not projecting onto them and we're not bringing our wounds and our issues onto them. And so that's the mission of this podcast is to help you heal. And this is a long journey. You're not going to heal from one 20 minute podcast. You know, that's why I hope some of you will come work with me, come into some of my groups so that we can do this together. But I do at least want you to know that you are your own healer. It's part of this. It's part of, you need help and both can be true. You'll hear me say that a lot and you're your own healer. So trust yourself, love yourself and take the turtle steps, take the easy steps to whatever you're ready for. Whatever you're ready for, the flow of life will show you. If you're ready to heal some part of you, you'll start to get the opportunities to do that through life. Life is the best teacher. All right, everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for giving me the space to share such a personal thing that I really haven't shared with that many people. And this is a, I can tell this is a pivot. This is a pivotal moment in my journey because I really didn't feel that nervous. And I think that means that the energy or the trauma and the wound has been neutralized and it feels love. So it's a big moment, it's a big moment for me. And I appreciate you guys look forward to hearing how these episodes are going. So please reach out to me and let me know and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Education Warrior podcast. I want you to know that every guest and listener is a value part of this co-creation. We're so honored that you listened and we hope that this helped you in some small or big way today. This is a community and a movement and without you, it wouldn't be possible. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to davidkrichards.com where you will find special offers for podcast listening. And as always, if you're moved by an episode, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Finally, our greatest compliment is when you share an episode with someone who you believe will benefit from the message. I'm sending you so much love today and the courage to really be the mindful warrior within you. Thank you. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B E.